0: Let's go ahead and uh, turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 2. We're going to continue in our series on life together. And uh, let's have a word of prayer as we take a look at the scripture. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true, infallible source of light and truth We ask you now, release revelation in the word. Speak to our hearts of the truths of Christian community. I know you're making of us a spiritual family at a level we we haven't yet touched. And so I'm asking that you would, through revelation, you would compel our hearts. So we understand you and your ways and your desires for your body. I pray that our hearts would be compelled to shift even familiar patterns, even comfortable ways to be more conformed to the image of your Son and to be a community that truly is built together as a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So, Lord, we do. We love you. Come now, I pray. Release revelation. Let me speak as an oracle. I pray. Hold my hand as I release revelation. What you put on my heart, ask? In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Okay. We are on, I think, part four of our series on life together, which is talking about what it means to develop Christian community, and, um, you know, as I said on the beginning of this series, there's a couple things the Lord really put on my heart when I was in China uh, in March, and one of them was... The issue of evangelism, just continuous day, daily sharing the gospel by the community, just by the Christian community. That's the way that the gospel has gone forth in, in China by each person, each member just participating and, and sharing their faith. And so we did a series talking about the simplicity of the gospel. And then the other thing you really talked to me about was building community, building the community, the house of prayer, building our Sunday community, and, and what that really looks like. And so we've spent several weeks kind of laying foundational thoughts on what fellowship and Christian community looks like. And, and then also last week on uh, sort of the key vision of the house of prayer. We went through our even our mission statement. And just, just kind of trying to make sure we get everybody on the same page. which I think is helpful when you're talking about being in community, running together the same direction. We've got to actually kind of know where we're shooting for. Well, today I want to take Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 42 through 47, which is a major, it's a major text that people use when they're talking about what church life is supposed to look like and what Christian community is supposed to look like, and I really want to just touch two major thoughts out of it, and so let's just read through uh, Acts 2, 42 through 47. I'm going to read the NIV just because I liked how they, how they said it more clearly, Um. And then I'm gonna, I want to zero in on a couple points. Okay, Acts 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. One of the things that I saw so clearly when I was in China was this sense among the believers of real fellowship, real participation with one another. Um, and, and as I began to ask questions and sort of go in, in a poke around and and figure out why was there such a, a sense of, of commonality amongst the believers, uh, what I realized is this, that Much of what they shared uh, with one another was what they were used to, what they were raised with in their society. Now, I want to make real clear before I say anything along these lines. I am not a proponent of communism. I love America. Amen. I love freedom. I am all for that. But what I saw was a Christian community in China... Who were persecuted, they were underground and and because of their upbringing in communism where they were forced to have virtually everything in common with one another that it just became normal it was a normal idea that they had common responsibility, common care uh, they met everybody's needs automatically there was this unusual sense of the community, because they'd been really, under communism, sort of had it beaten out of them. Individual, individualism had, was beaten out of them. And so they had this automatic sensation of each other. And, and together, even their prayer meetings, it was really powerful. We would when we, were, uh, when we were there, the first thing they took us to was a Bible school class that was having a prayer meeting. And uh, we walk in the back of the room... And, uh, and they're praying, but this is how they're praying. There's, you know, 30 or 40 people in the room. There's one person sort of praying out in Chinese. And whenever they would come to a comma or a pause or just a natural time of, of you know, break, everybody would say, amen. It was, <laughs> amen. It was awesome. And when we walked in, I mean, just the hair on the back of your, on the back of your neck just stood up. Because you have a hundred percent agreement and participation in the prayer meeting built in. I was like, "This is fantastic. This is like something I've never seen before." And it just got more powerful and more powerful. and, and then it would go from you know person A to whoever the next person was. They would just begin to speak out in prayer, and they, they might just say, "Father in the name of Jesus, we just ask you to, to release light." on us today, and as they would get to that pause, everybody in the room would say, man, it was awesome. And they would go like this for 30, 45 minutes, just bouncing from a person to person. Total connection. Total connection with one another. And I realized that, uh, you know, this is a, a product of their upbringing under communism, and then a product of persecution. You know, when people are Gunning for you, uh, and you find somebody that's on your team. You're going to hold on to that person real tight. You're not, you know, you're not going to just be like, "Well, I'm going to do my own thing. You do your own thing. Good luck." I mean, everybody's going to hold on to each other. And so I saw this real amazing fellowship that they had, this real incredible connection that they had, and uh, and I think the Lord really pricked my heart about what the possibilities could be. Now, when I talk about the church in China, I just want to make it clear: the church in China is not perfect. They've got issues just like we've got. They've got new believers. They've got, you know, sin issues. They've got all sorts of challenges just like we've got. And so uh, I don't ever want it to sound like I'm saying, well, we've all got to be just like them because they're perfect. That's not the point. But what I, what I did realize is there are certain things the Lord really impressed upon my heart that, we, that I was able to just pick up from them, just a couple thoughts in just a, you know, a short period of time that I really feel like the Lord wants to emphasize for us. Now, I want to talk about two words that were in those uh, verses we just read. One is devotion, and one is fellowship. They were devoted to several things, and then they had several outcomes as a result of them being devoted to these several things. I, I, I see three things that they devoted themselves, the first church did, and then I see seven outcomes. I'm sure there was far more than three things that they were devoted to, but this is the this is the cliff notes. This is the explanation of the way that they did life in the first church. We have a real desire to, to take what's in the Scripture, see what was going on in the first church, and then hopefully we can live a Christianity that's authentic um, along the lines that they live. Now, obviously things are different culturally, but that doesn't mean that we change the truth of the Word and the practice of the Word. And so... Three things that they were devoted to it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer the apostles teaching to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer now that fellowship slash breaking of bread people you know go back and forth on what that is is that the communion you know meal is that you know, simply the taking of communion or or is it something broader? And, and you, when you read commentators, half say it's just the communion meal, half say it's meals together. I think it's the meals together deal because in verse 46 it says that they met together daily in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts or gladness and simplicity of heart. And so I think he's actually alluding to One of the key ways that they actually built the fellowship. Now, I'm not saying that that they weren't taking communion. They clearly were. In fact, Paul's admonition to them was to take communion as often as you come together to eat. So I think that's a fun thing. Maybe you should have some friends over, order a pizza, but before you order the pizza, have a bread and a little cup and just have some communion. Amen. Just a thought. So here's their deal. They devoted to teaching. I think they're talking about the the fellowship of meals together and the sharing relationally. And they were devoted to prayer. Now, I'm going to deal with the issue of devoted to fellowship. That's what I'm going to deal with today. Now, let's just think about this word devoted. I, I You know, sometimes the most simple things are the most powerful things. And that's kind of how I always orient. I think, how can I get the, the clearest, simplest truth out of what this is saying? And this word devotion is an important word. It has a broad sphere of things that it includes and, and, uh, and an intensity that it includes. And, and so just going simply through the definition of this word, devotion, it means to be earnest, to persevere, to be constantly diligent. Here's one, attend assiduously. I had to look that one up. How many people know what assiduously means? One of you, praise God, two of you. I had to look it up just like the rest of us. It just means continuously. <laughs> Attend continuously. Uh, and so it's talking about different applications. It's saying earnest towards uh, the beliefs, earnest towards the doctrines, doctrines, perseverant in relationship and through trials together. It's saying constantly diligent to... to to be you know, engaged in what the Lord had put before them in, in the ministry. And then attend assiduously is all the exercises or all the meetings that they had together. Uh, adhere closely uh, to, to continue in. This, this word devotion, we understand that devotion, but it has a, an all-encompassing kind of feel on a bunch of different levels. There's real uh, commitment is the idea. And this is the point that I really felt so strongly about when I watched the church in China. I saw a community of faith who really they didn't have a choice because they'd go to jail, you know. But that little that little bonus of persecution, I'll call it a bonus, it was an aid to them in their continual commitment to one another and to the and to the church, to the community. And so because of that, and this is the power of it, because of that, they all moved together. They just moved together. And so when, they, when there was a, 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 you know, a vision, or there was something they were going to do ministerially, or there was a prayer focus, or, or there was a need, it was just everybody does it. We just all go together. And, and I think that that is one of the most powerful realities of real community, when everybody runs together, when everybody runs together, there's just something about having your arms locked with one another in this continual devotion, and you're all taking the same ground, you're all moving the same direction, you're all, you know, fighting the same fights, and you're moving together. And man, as I, as I just saw it in a snippet with the, with that church in China, it it just moved me. I thought, what if the community of faith, what if us in the house of prayer, what if we could move from, you know, 87 things that we're on to focusing together? And it's not to say that we wouldn't have multiple things we're going after, but we're all after them together. We're fighting together on multiple fronts. Man, I in my own heart i just got i got such a sense of excitement about what that would look like and and the key to that is this this word devotion that that as a part of the body together there is a shared devotion that we have we have a shared commitment a shared connection it's the all in i'm all in we have that that heart connect we say man i'm going for this thing and and so In the West, that just becomes a challenge. American Christianity, I mean, it just becomes a challenge because there's been so many times where people have been all in to find out that there was, you know, maybe misappropriation of finances or, you know, uh, moral failure or, you know, they went all in and then found out, man, I was all in on something that was all wrong. Praise God. I was talking to a guy recently, and he was just talking to me about how you know, I, I, I was the one going after all the, the most radical stuff in God. I just wanted to go full on. And, and I got into a couple things that, you know, later on I found out that wasn't God. That was just, you know, off. And, and so I understand the, the, uh, the apprehension to sort of be all in. But the truth of the word still stands. There's still the call to be all in. And we're firstly all in for Jesus. Amen. We're always, firstly, all in for Jesus. But this is where it gets dicey, because when we're all in for Jesus, Jesus calls us to be all in for one another. <laughs> I love how he kind of just tricks us. We go, oh, I love you, Lord, just me and you, just me and you, He goes, that's so good, that's so good, just me and you, and all them. That's how he does. He, I mean, he, he, he calls us to be connected. I, I mean, I could have gone after this. I, I, you know, I thought about how am I going to go after this issue of fellowship, devotion, fellowship. And, you know, I thought about, you know, John 15, called to love, made to love. You know, we're designed to receive and to give love. And so we fit together like puzzle pieces, not just designed to, to receive and give love with God, but designed to, to give and receive love with one another. You know, you're made that way. There's something in your heart that calls to receive love from one another and to give love to another. That's how you're designed. How do I know you're designed that way? Because God couldn't have commanded you to do it if he didn't make you to do it. He commands us to love one another because that's our design And it requires His love for us to actually engage with it, to really love one another. I could have gone that way, John 15. I was thinking, you know, I could have gone, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, talking about body, how we're all part of one another. Those are just really critical ideas, being part of one another and what that really means. And I thought I would just go this direction because I think we touch on those different different truths. And so in love with Jesus, firstly in love with Him. We've talked about how our fellowship is firstly with the Father and with His Son, with the Holy Spirit, First John 1, 3. We've talked about that. Then from there, we are connected and committed to one another. Now, there is a great misunderstanding in, in the church, and it's this, that somehow we as an individual have the ability to sort of just do what we want to do as it relates to Christian community. That we, you know, our, our sort of free moral agency trumps Christian community. And here's the deal. when we, Here's, here's how, it, how it works. When we sign up for Jesus, we don't really know the whole thing we sign up for. Did you, did you realize that? I mean, I know I came and said, I don't want to go to hell. They said, you're in. <laughs> Make him Lord, you're in. I said, good, I'm not going to hell now. He goes, oh yeah, by the way, I own your whole life. All your dreams, hopes, thoughts. All of it's mine. Lord, I'm in. Okay, 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 I'm in. You know, 10 years of getting a bunch of ambition beat out. and Okay, I'm in. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, and I put you in a body. You got other fingers that aren't you, that you're connected to. You got toes. You got shins. You got ankles. You got feet. You got nose, eyes, ears, mouth, hair, elbows. You got, also, you got armpits. You're connected to them. Or as my son says, knee, knee pits. You got them all. And you're connected. You're part of that group. But I just wanted not to go to hell and just me and you, Jesus, because it is me and you. And the knee pits and the armpits and the ears. The nose, all of it. And so people misunderstand this. They imagine that the relationship to Jesus is independent, and therefore they can just remain independent. That is not the biblical reality. The biblical reality is that we are individually responsible to the Lord and have an individual relationship with the Lord, and that individual relationship automatically, by by virtue of us having an individual relationship with the Lord, he says, now I've put you in a body, a global body, and he puts us into local communities. And we are supposed to be connected to local communities. That's absolutely a biblical reality. And so many misunderstand community. They think that because they're an individual, they're exempt, they're not accountable to a a larger community of faith. That's not true. We are not exempt from being part of a, 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 a larger community of faith. We're in the The global body and we're part of local bodies individually and the Lord sets us in those bodies as he wills, which I'm so happy for, that God sets the members as he desires. It's not, you know, no person can can force somebody to be a part of this one or that one. God's the one that sets it up. And so here's the other little feature. Each of our individual actions affects one another. That's a big point. I stubbed my toe over the weekend. Isn't it amazing how bad a stub toe hurts? You think, I mean, it's like, you, you would imagine you just broke your whole leg. I stubbed the toe, I'm like, whoa! Oh, hallelujah! But that little, you know, just that little stub on that little digit, it affected my whole body. It affected everything for a few moments. My son's like, is it broken? I'm like, no. Are you bleeding? No. Are you going to throw up, dad? No. Well, you must be okay then. (laughs) But it hurts. Well, that little thing hurt the whole body. Beloved, we're a part of one another. Our actions affect one another. That is a truth that we've got to get. We are connected to one another. No person is an island. No person is a free agent. We're all a part of each other. Our actions influence the broader community. And therefore, we have a shared responsibility to the Lord and to one another. We're part of each other. We're, we're to be connected and accountable and in fellowship with the local body the Lord's put us in. And that, that's a critical thing. We can't just think of ourselves as alone in this island, and there's a lot of free agents out there, and that's not the way the Lord called us to be. It's not the, you don't see it in the New Testament, and and it's just not reality. And, and you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna grow. There's ten things, ten implications of that. So I'm saying all that to say that to say this that this concept of being devoted to teaching, devoted to Fellowship and devoted to prayer. This don't don't back off this idea of devotion. The laws the Lord has called us to it. The Lord has called us to being devoted, being connected, being committed, being all in. And so that's what's filling my heart. I go, what if the community of the house of prayer were all in, all in on the mission, all in on fellowship in the body, all in on sharing the gospel, all in on on serving all in on on seeing houses of prayer and forerunners launched the nation? What if we were all in on all the things the Lord puts us together? Not that you can do everything, but heart-wise, prayer-wise, connected, devoted to what the Lord's put before us. Man, there's power in that. There's real power in that. And so that's the idea of devoted. Three devotions, the apostles' teaching, fellowship, and prayer, they were devoted to those three things. I think there's probably more. Obviously, they're devoted to Jesus, above all that. But there's seven outcomes. Seven outcomes that the scripture identifies. Think about this. And I just want you to think about these outcomes and think about the church that you want to like be a part of. Because I'm reading this going, that's the church I want to go to. The seven outcomes of them being devoted. Number one. It says that they were uh, in awe. Everyone was filled with awe. Holy awe filled the community. That's the number one. Holy awe filled the community. Man, I want to be in that place where, man, everybody is sensing the nearness of God. I mean, just the presence of God just hovering. Every heart is going, oh, this is serious. Oh, this is awesome. Man, God is cool. I mean, just... The woe the on everybody's heart. Holy awe fills the community. Secondly, many signs and wonders were done. Amen. I'm, I'm ready to see God do the greater works. I have a friend and she's battling cancer and I've prayed for her multiple times and she's surrounded with believers that love her and she, I just don't think she's supposed to go be with Jesus yet. And she doesn't either. She feels like there's more in her. I want to see it where the, the awe fills the community of faith and the power of God is on display continuously. Many signs and wonders till cancer, till all sorts of diseases cannot stand in the midst of God's people. Amen. Holy awe, signs and wonders. And then it says they had all things in common. People were selling their stuff to pay for other people's needs. Now that's just, come on. That's just awesome. That's way beyond what we, what we tend to think of as you know giving. The guy is selling his own thing to pay for the other guy his bills. Wow, wow. So the third thing is the needs of the community are totally taken care of fourth thing they're continuously meeting together daily house to house and in the temple they're always connecting a continuous uh, ongoing reality of fellowship and connection fifth thing everybody's filled with gladness everybody's filled with joy just don't you just love it when god's doing stuff and you just have that light hearted sense of whoo man something is happening this is awesome just that that gladness that fills your heart at the activity of the holy spirit amongst the people of faith it's powerful next they had incredible favor all over the place they were having favor now their favor was exploding and then in a minute they're going to get a miracle and then the persecution is going to explode too Can you do favor and persecution? Absolutely. You get favor with these folks, you get persecuted by these folks, and these folks help you run from these guys. Amen. That's called favor and persecution. But they had favor, they had all sorts of things opening up, the hand of the Lord moving on their behalf, that's what favor is. God's hand moving on your behalf, coming to you through others. And then it says, finally, there was a daily increase because of evangelism. Daily, people were getting uh, one to the Lord. A daily increase because of evangelism. So they are going after it. They're in prayer. They're sharing the gospel. They got signs and wonders. They got fellowship. They got doctrine. They got all sorts of things going on together. And these outcomes are, are powerful. It's causing life to happen in the church. All right, so let's focus now then on this issue of fellowship. They're devoted to teaching, fellowship, and prayer. Let's look at this word fellowship now. I'll just say this: when I began to study this word fellowship, and some of you have done studies on it, and you know what it means, and I've done studies on it too. Uh, but when I when I really when I really looked at what this thing is talking about, I realized that most of the time, what we call fellowship really isn't fellowship. Um, In fact, fellowship is far deeper than simply eating pizza together and watching a movie. Amen. In fact, I think that probably most believers haven't really engaged in the depths of what fellowship actually is. And I I I say that about myself as well, but after looking at what this is talking about and actually understanding this word and the way it applies throughout the Scripture... I go, yeah, I don't think most of us know really what this is. We tend to think that fellowship is the, is the, it's the pizza gathering, it's the potluck. And I'm not going to rule those out. I'm not going to say that those have nothing to do with fellowship. Clearly they do. You're supposed to eat together. But I think the eating together is the foundational thought that brings so many of these other things out and, and, and so many of these other uh, depths of connection out. So let's let's look at this. Let's think about this word fellowship. It's from a Greek word you're probably familiar with it, koinonia. Koinonia, koinonia means partnership and participation. Simply that, partnership and, and participation. Koinonia comes from koinonios, which is partners. In in Luke five, when Jesus tells them, you know, after they've been fishing all night, and says, Hey. Cast your nets on the other side of the boat for a catch. They go, Lord, we've been doing, we've kind of been fishing all night. We kind of haven't caught anything yet. He goes, just come on. And they go, okay, at your word, we'll do it. So they throw it over and the nets begin to break because there's such a huge catch of fish. It says that they called to, to their partners, the other disciples, and that word is the, the koinoninos or whatever it is, koinonios, the, the partners. And that's where this word gets, gets its idea. It's this partnership together. This commitment together, this participation together. It's far deeper than just, you know, having a meal or going to the potluck. I think having a meal and going to the potluck is part of it. I think that's a foundational idea. I think the reason why it's emphasized in Acts 2 is because that's one of the seedbeds from which their fellowship was growing. The fact that they would Hang out with one another and, and have meals together. Because in the, in the society of the New Testament, sharing a meal together was far more than just eating a burger. It was sharing life. It was actually sharing of one another. It was way, way deeper. You know, it wasn't just, you know, let's watch a movie or watch the game it could you could do that, but I just my point becomes that would be the shallowest level. That would be the introduction. That would be the and that's where you got you got to start somewhere. You got to start in an introductory level with anybody as you get to know people. But this word koinonia, it has five different areas of implication. Five different areas that when you're truly in fellowship with somebody, it's touching all these areas. It's the social or relational component, where you're connecting relationally and socially. It has an occupational connect, where you're doing uh, things together, working on things together. It has a financial connect. And several different times in the New Testament, Koinonia shows up where it says, they partnered in the gospel. They, They partnered. It has this... This continuous giving, and that's why you see it in Acts 2. They actually sold their stuff and gave it. That was part of their fellowship, they're part of their connection. It has a, a communicational component, unless you think I make it, made up that word communicational. It's a real word, I'll have you know. But it means they talked, they shared their hearts, they communicated. There was a dialogue. In fact, sometimes koinonia in the New Testament is is simply translated our communication with you. Our fellowship, our koinonia, our communication with you. And then fifthly, it has a spiritual component. Probably that should be first, but that's what it's built on. And that's what John says in First John. Our fellowship is firstly with the Father and His Son, and so we have fellowship with one another. But real fellowship, my point becomes, real fellowship pervades all these areas. If we want, again, see I see, I, I'm kind of saying the same thought over, but I, I, I really mean it. If we want real community, let's go for the real thing, Let's not build sort of our version of it and say we're in community and it doesn't even have the biblical boundary, the biblical foundation to it. If we're going to go after community, let's go after the real stuff and let's do the real thing. And so my heart always comes up to that and I go, man, do we really want this? Do we really want that partnership, that connection with one another, that deep, relational, communicational, occupational they all got all spiritual, social, financial, you know, that real thing. That's intense, beloved. That, that's far bigger than a potluck meal. You guys feeling me? I mean, it's, it's, this is bigger. I was sharing this with, with uh, one, of our, one of our staff before I, before I came out, and, and they just said, yeah, I'm not sure if I really want that. <laughs> just honest. I don't know if I've ever wanted that. You know, maybe just a couple people. And I, and I think that's probably just the reality of where most of us land. Because we're used to our, our own environments. We're used to our own safeties. Amen. We, we're used to our own preferences. M- most of us, uh, we battle with shame. And, and we, we put on a really cool Christian face in front of everybody. Praise God, Hallelujah, Amen. How are you doing, brother? Amen. Glory to God, Amen. Hallelujah. That's good. Glad you're doing so well. We do that amongst one another. You know, we hide. We're not willing to to open up, to be real, to to you know express the true status of our hearts, and uh, and, and so we hide in shame a lot of times and. And, 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 and to be quite honest, I think sometimes we're just selfish. We just, you know, just want to hang out with me and the two people I really like, and I don't have to deal with all those other people. They're mostly weird, you know. I mean, just, this is how, you know, you would never say that. I've just said it for you, so blame me. But uh, to do this thing, it takes devotion. No wonder he said they're devoted to it. Because it didn't happen flippantly, it didn't happen automatically. In their case, it was really helpful that they were the only ones on the planet that believed in Jesus. They were getting kicked out of the synagogue left and right. That was an aid. You know, you get kicked out of the synagogue, it just doesn't mean you just don't go to church anymore. It means you don't do family anymore, you don't do business anymore, you don't do church anymore, you don't do anything anymore. Why do you think they had to sell the stuff to pay for the other guy's bill? Because he got fired. Because he now believed in that false prophet. Do you see what I'm saying? They were experiencing an unusual context that was aiding their koinonia. (laughs) Beloved, as much as we don't want persecution, it will help us in fellowship. It will be a gift to the Western church for fellowship. It will help us. Right now, we're, you know, we're solitary, we're isolated, we're comfortable. You go, brother, we've been in recession. We're very comfortable we're still comfortable, I promise. We're really insulated. We don't have to come out of our closets. You know, We don't have to come out of our shell. We can really just enjoy what we want. Man, a little persecution comes, a little financial crisis comes, and I tell you, We will need each other. You know what I think we should probably think about? I propose we should be getting into fellowship, real fellowship, before crisis hits. So we're not like going, dear God, how do we do this? i got to find somebody who will like help. You know, like let's get there on the front end. So we're not running around like chickens with their heads cut off. When we're forced to. Now here's the thing. No no individual, no one person can fellowship with the entire body. Impossible. If it's if if we're saying, I'm talking about the deepest level, if the deepest level of fellowship is those five levels, those five things, social, communicational, occupational, financial, spiritual, if, if that equals the re- like the full-on highest level, no individual can do that with every single person. It's impossible. You don't have enough time, neither do I. Here's, but here's what you do. You have the ability to go there with your sphere. The word would be oikos, the, uh, the group that you're connecting to. And your sphere will overlap with other spheres. And other spheres will overlap with other spheres. And so what you end up with is a well-connected community that operates in a bunch of different spheres. And everybody is willing to, to go there in fellowship. Then this thing will, per, uh, it will uh, permeate an entire Christian community. It doesn't matter how big it is. It could be a million people. It could be a million people. And so when we have the the commitment to fellowship and the commitment to a common vision, when we're we're devoted to these things, then then this thing can happen throughout the body. The critical issue is willingness. We're willing to go there. Are we willing to go there? And so uh, I'm just kind of working on this idea of fellowship. Uh, It carries this idea of connection, responsibility, responsibility. Now here's the thing, nobody can force someone else to be connected and responsible. I think we kind of get weird and, you know, you hear these ideas of devotion and connection and, and then we can get weird with it when we can say, everybody has to do this. Become the spiritual police of, of whether or not people are fellowshipping right and just gets odd. You can't force anybody to do this stuff. In fact, I've been in those environments where we go, man, everybody's going to be in a group. Find the people you're like, get in those groups. And everybody's like, we're doing it, man. We're going we're gonna to all fellowship. We show up in the group, everybody looks at each other. I'm here, ready to fellowship. And internally, you're thinking, I ain't saying nothing. I showed up, I get my chip. You know, I showed up. I've done my duty. We can't have it that way. But from from the from the house of prayer, from our standpoint, we go, man, we've got to try to facilitate something. Because we've done it this way in the past, we said, okay, everybody fellowship, just have people over for meals, just do it. <laughs> and what happens is everybody goes, Man, nobody's fellowshipping here. So it doesn't work that way. You know, Five years later, they go, man, nobody's fellowshiping. I go, gosh, I have people over a lot. They go, not me. And it it just, it doesn't end up going through. You know what I'm saying? So what we've got to be able to do is facilitate something to hopefully be able to aid this. And I've tried different things. Guys, I'll just be honest. We've tried a bunch of different things. Cell groups without the cells. (laughs) That was my idea. That didn't work. We've tried all sorts of things. Community groups, family groups, children Armageddon groups—you know, all the families come together. There's ten adults and thirty children. It looks like the, you know, the bowls of wrath being poured out right there in the living room. It's just explosive. We tried all this stuff. Prayer room groups. We 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 we've we've got seven. If you want to start small group ministry somewhere, I've got about seventeen names you could use because we've named it all sorts of different things with a new flavor to try to get people to come to them. Fellowship groups, life groups, all these things. Well, you got to be able to facilitate it some way. Somebody goes, don't do groups. We're going to do groups. We're doing groups. Everybody just say it. We're doing groups. We're going to do some groups. We got to try to do groups. I know. (laughs) I know. Groups can be a bummer. They can be, I know, I know, they can be bad. But you know what? Groups can be awesome, too. They can be awesome. And they can be awesome if we'll we'll do it. If we'll do it. If we all show up to the group and go, I'm here to fellowship. And internally, you're going, I'm not saying Jack. These people are weird. I'm not doing it. That's not going to work. Or if the leader's going, you know, how many times have I talked to a a group leader and they're like, man, I'm trying to have my group, but nobody wants to come. And then, you know, so often the leader, you have to like take the leader through inner healing, like break rejection off of them. You start, you know, you're like, hey, you know, everybody turned on Jesus too. It's not about you, I promise. Come on. My point becomes, guys. If we're going to go there, we got to go there. If we're going to go there, we have to go there. And so the, the easiest way I know to facilitate it is to create groups of some sort where people connect. Now, here's my, here's my, my mind on it. I, I don't care what group anybody goes to. I just want people to go to a group, and I want them to have relationship and fellowship. And I want there to be a care component. And I and I want there to be a spiritual component. And I want there to be a food component. Amen. <laughs> we gotta have that. Biblically. Biblically speaking, there's gotta be a food component. Praise God. Thank God for that. So we've got to we've got to be able to work this out. Now I know that groups aren 't the the end all be all we 've done a bunch of different kinds of groups, and a lot of times they 've just you know gone good for a second and then they didn 't go so good and some of them flourished and some of them didn 't We want to help it we want to give leadership to it um, we want to we want to breathe on it and give life to it and that 's going to create some work for us but I, from a leadership tip and, but i 'm okay with that I really want that I want that for our community and so uh we 're going to do some groups and, and 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 groups mean you know. There's going to be a, a, an element of sacrifice. There's going to be an element of commitment. There's going to be an element of us having to step into this thing. But if we're going to step forward, guys, if we're going to step forward in Christian community, we've got to do it. got to do it. Now, while I have been in groups that have been a challenge, I've been in awesome groups. I've, I've got actually some of my heart connects, lifelong heart connects from groups I was a part of. I'm talking about facilitated small groups that I was a part of. Some of the groups I've been in have been some of the sweetest times of fellowship and connection, people sharing. You know, one thing that we do decent at the House of Prayer is we do prayer meetings. Now, now just hear me out. We do prayer meetings. Before every prayer meeting, we have a what we call a briefing. Now, In certain kinds of our prayer sets, people are to come to the briefing, having studied the scripture and alive in certain verses, they'll know what they're going to study beforehand and everybody will share. And man, when everybody begins to share the stuff that God has put on their heart, there is a sharpening, sparky thing that goes on. Some of the best meetings I've been in are uh, prayer room briefings and debriefings because People are engaging with the Lord and then sharing their heart with one another. And, man, the Lord will breathe on those times. They have been powerful. Why can't we do what we do there? Why can't we just do that in our houses with with a bag of Doritos? That seems doable. That seems doable. That doesn't seem too crazy hard. It seems doable. And so that's, that's what we're shooting for. I'm going to give you a few other verses and then we'll wrap up. And and as we wrap up, I'm going to, I'm going to pass out a card. We're going to pass out a card and and we're going to ask anybody that wants to connect to fill out a card. I'm going to pass these cards out for the next three, four weeks and we're going to gather the cards and we're going to be in communication with you. Now, uh, Jeremiah and Amanda hill they were so awesome, and they, they headed up IHOP uh, community for two years. And all at once, they had a baby, got a promotion, and got transferred and moved like in uh, a week. So beautiful friends, we love them, and they are gone with a raise, hallelujah. So we have to have some leadership. Well, here's what happened. Chan and Teresa Pridgen are sitting right here. Just wave, just give the Miss America. I've known these guys since they were in high school. And they have done all sorts of leadership, all sorts of groups, and have a heart for fellowship and connection and, 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 and true, you know, this true koinonia in the house of prayer. And so they've willingly, i only beat them up a little bit, willingly gone ahead and said that they would lead the, the house of prayer, lead the small groups. And that's going to be a major, major service to us. And so we're going to fill out a card in a moment. And if you want to get connected to a group, th- that the card's going to end up going to them. And then uh, we were, go- we we're going to get this thing facilitated. It's going to take us a minute. It's going to take us a minute. It's going to take us a little time to get the leadership in place. We've got several of you we've already talked to. We've got some groups going. We've got to kind of merge all these things together. It's a little work. We are committed to following up on this thing and making this thing work. Now, it's going to take some of you guys who have the ability to lead groups. Amen. (laughs) It's going to take some of you guys who have the ability to lead groups. Yeah, to help. To help. So we need leaders. We need hosts. Maybe you don't want to lead a group, but you want to host one, put it in your house. We won't do children Armageddon at your house, I promise. You want to participate, we need need participants, we need leadership, we need all sorts of stuff. And that's why we're going to pass out these cards. Let me give you a few more verses and we'll end. They're going to come up on your screen. I just want to read them to you. This was revelation to me. The word fellowship, this koinonia we're talking about, is the word we use for communion. 1 Corinthians 10, 16, there it is. Uh, The cup of blessing which we bless, it's a sharing, a communion. In the blood of Christ. It's supposed to say is not. Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing, a communion in the blood of Christ. That that word's koinonia. That's sharing, that communion. That's, That's the word, koinonia. God wants to release koinonia here. So we're sharing in communion with Jesus. Sharing in communion with one another. Really connecting. Now, this thing is so deep. You can't actually do koinonia with unbelievers. The scripture actually says that. You can have friendship in terms of being a friend to unbelievers, but you can't have fellowship with unbelievers because our fellowship is firstly with Jesus. And and 2 Corinthians 6 is really clear on that. It says, don't be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness or what fellowship, that's the word, koinonia, has light with darkness. So this thing is so much deeper, it doesn't even cross the spiritual line. Do you see what I'm saying? That doesn't mean that we're not friendly, godly, blessing, unsaved people, but to do fellowship, to do koinonia, it's actually got to be in the body. That's intense. That takes it to another level. Hebrews 13, fellowship is a sacrifice, guys. To do fellowship It's a sacrifice. Here it is. Hebrews 13 verse 6. Do not neglect doing good and sharing. That sharing is koinonia. Do not neglect doing good and koinonia. For which such sacrifices. God is pleased. I know. I know. It can be a sacrifice. It will make God happy. We're going there. If you're wondering where we're going, we're going there. We're going to do this. Just like we're doing evangelism, we're going to do community. We're doing it. We're going to love each other if it kills us. It's not going to kill us, though. It's, going to, it's actually going to produce the life of God in us. Amen. Amen. We really, we've got to get out of this thing where IOP is a great place to come if you don't want to be committed. We've got to get out of that. I, you know, that somebody said, I go, we haven't done community very well at IHOP. And the person said to me, oh, no, no, IHOP's a great place to come if you don't want to be committed. That's our, that's our problem. (laughs) That's our problem. We need to not be that place anymore. Okay, finally, finally. First John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have koinonia, and the blood of Jesus' son cleanses us from all sin. This is where we're called to be, in fellowship with Jesus, in fellowship with one another. The real stuff, not the light, frothy, sugar-high stuff. I'm really believing that as we make make an intentional, by the grace of God, an intentional effort to head this direction, God's going to meet us. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the, the testimonies that come out of you know being in fellowship, being in community, being in small groups where people get touched, healed. The word of the Lord goes forth where God deposits something in this person and, and then he uses that to minister to this person and, and a real blessing comes of it. We want to go for it, guys. I want to just share this last thought. You know, If fellowship is far deeper than just the pizza meal, if it really is this partnership on five different levels... I really want to just throw this idea out there. There are so many other verses that describe the idea of partnership, fellowship, and the body. The implications of that are so much bigger and broader than what we've ever imagined. So much bigger than just going to church. So much bigger than sort of just just you know being a good Christian by myself. We're in this thing together. And then I was looking at verse you know Philippians three ten. We fellowship. With Jesus, even in suffering, and just even that participation with God, even in suffering, even in, even in being conformed to the image of his death, all these things, it just takes the whole thing up a few notches. Fellowship in the gospel, the scripture talks about fellowshipping with Jesus. There is a real fellowship God wants to bring to us amongst one another and with the Lord that's far deeper than what we've had. So I want us to go there, amen. Amen. All right. We've got these little cards we just, just made, and here's what we're going to do. And, and if, look, if you're new or, you know, this is, I, I don't want anybody to feel wrongly compelled. I want them to feel like, yeah, I, I want to get in on this. And, and if, if for whatever reason you feel, you know, it's not me or whatever, that's fine. Or if you're new and you know, it's first time here or something, we're not like, you've got to come to one of our groups. We're not like that. But, we're just gonna pass one out to everybody. And then we'll just ask you to fill them out. We were gonna do buckets, right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't have pens. You have pens. You have pens. Fill them out. We'll be taking them up over the next few weeks. We'll have cards next week in the in the aisles. Yeah, they're a little do-it-yourselfish because they're kind of papery. There'll be cards next time. We need leaders. We need hosts, people that are hosted at their house. Maybe you don't feel like you want to lead a group, but you want to host it. That's fine. Couples, you can fill out one card. And we need people to come to groups. If if that's what you're feeling, man, that's great. I I I don't want anyone to feel wrongly compelled. I just want you to feel like whatever the Lord's speaking in your own heart, but if you're part of this community, I really would like you to consider what it means to be in real fellowship and you know I know that at different times in different li- at different times of your life it's more difficult you know uh, some people have a whole list of things happening that are beyond their control it makes it more difficult i don't want anybody to be under shame if you 're in one of those seasons you know those are, there's seasons where you go through things uh I'm aware of that. By and large, we're looking for that heart commitment that says, "Man, this is this is what I'd like to do." Maybe this is a challenging season for you, but you know, maybe the next season will work for you. I'm good with that too. Overall, my point just becomes: I want everybody to be able to do this from a heart that says, "Man, I'm, i I want to go for this." At whatever level, the Lord will you know give you grace and, and enable you to do it. I want us to go for it. Okay, so we got our cards. We'll have buckets on the way out and they can put them in the buckets in the lobby on the information table. Just drop them in the buckets. And if, if you can't fill one out, you know, speed writing, whatever, we get, we'll have them in the next several weeks. You can grab a card and I'll mention it again. Okay, good. All right, let's go ahead and let's just stand. Chan and Teresa will be around after service. You can talk to them. They're really gonna help us give some leadership to this. We really want to build out that Sunday this Sunday community the house of prayer. Amen. All right, let's just pray for a moment. So Lord right now here we are, God. We're people that want a fellowship. We're not sure we completely know what that means. But I'm asking you Jesus that you would you would just breathe on us with grace to help grow this community of faith into a community that fellowships the true, the true version, the, that, that biblical version where we, we truly love, we truly give, we truly serve. We relate out of a heart that's connected to you. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, breathe on us. Breathe on us. Help us to do life together. Help us to do life together. Lord, I'm asking, be glorified in this house. Be glorified in this house.